everyone to polk and kush it is friday a good friday april 7th 2023 he might be risen but the other one is still on the bench that's right, everyone. Happy Easter weekend. Uh, we've got a whole lot of Zion talk for you. None of it is fun. None of it is good. But we will be here to bitch the day away as we normally are. Uh, it is wonderful to be here. I am Scott Kushner alongside my trusty pal, Mr. Andrew Polk. Happy to be here. Yeah. There's some good basketball news in Louisiana. The what? LSU women. There we go. And by extension, me yes won a bunch of money that's a hell of a future man yeah i bet on lsu to win the national championship in november wow. i think it was like november 11th it was plus four thousand that's a incredible bet i just 40 to one yeah it was a, you put like your normal unit on it i put i had a little extra cash in there and i just it was just kind of throwaway money. You know, it's that money that you win, so it's not real. Yeah, and you're just going to gamble it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just threw it on it and <laughs> cha-ching. <laughs> did you hedge? Uh, yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cut into the earnings a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but I originally fine. wanted to just totally flip. I was like, I was unstoppable. Yeah. They beat South Carolina. They got a bunch of Steph. Well, they have one Steph Curry yeah. out there, but they all look alike. <laughs> so... Just a bunch of handsome gals out there throwing it up from half court. I can support that. And I, I almost did. I was like, if I put the whole thing on this, our worries are over. I'm glad I I'm glad I didn't. But I really I I thought that they were gonna win. To where sure. you would have like zeroed out. Yeah. Yeah, and not won anything from I issue. had it I had it in there. Like I just wanted to oh, see what wow. the number would be. Yeah. And then uh cooler heads prevailed. A forty to one bet. Yeah. Is intense. They were, I mean, at that point, they weren't like, it. The, just the odds for South Carolina were so great. Yeah. I mean, they were still probably in like the top 10, I would say at that point. Sure. But no no one else was even close. Yeah. That is, uh, so did they offer you like before the game started, like the cash out? Was that in there? I never saw a cash out. Okay. Um, I was using uh, the app that doesn't sponsor us. <laughs> 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 There's no cash out option. Damn. They I think you know, we were playing chicken with each other. They yeah. were like, they're not yeah. gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> Little did they know, uh the fine ladies of Louisiana pushed them around and they won the game, and then it turned into the single most controversial thing in sports in 2023 yeah. i never in my lifetime would have seen that coming and every day there's a new story about it and it's hilarious that lsu women's basketball is like the target and epicenter of sports talk radio it's, yeah it, you know like what is going on i mean it it it's just like the most boring losers in the world <laughs> arguing about this stuff and you got 
Clark was talking shit the whole time. Of course, Reese is going to talk shit. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Also, like, it's so insane because you just picture... You picture us behind the tweet. Yeah. I picture a 40-year-old balding man <laughs> that may be a little bit taller, a little bit sh- shorter saying this stuff. And it's like, you know, these girls are 19. Yeah. They're fucking 19 years old. And you're like, yeah, but you didn't think about it. And what do you think? I know. They, who cares? They have, ge- they have geography tomorrow. <laughs> they have to go look at a map and then tell somebody what stuff is on a map. You have to do that. <laughs> it was the ultimate in like, oh, I I hate everyone in this argument. I should just stop looking at it, but I'm so captivated by it that I can't look away. Yeah. Because it was on one side, it was just, yeah, like you said, every, you know, bitchy old sports writer and fuddy-duddy old dad like me, uh, you know, grumpy old bitch, just just sitting there going. And, and, you know, I actually think, I was like, yeah, she crossed the line a little bit. And that's, oh, you know, that's, I think it's okay to say that, like stalking her around the court and pointing to her, you know, ring finger... Okay, it was like a little bit over the line. I wasn't like offended, but it was like, yeah, it's probably a little much. I don't think it's enough to be like a big deal. Um, and if they did it in a men's game, I don't think anyone would even say anything no, unless someone all. threw a punch after it. Um, but I think it would, you know, the same way like stepping over someone in a basketball game gets guys like push each other. That probably would have happened if that was a men's game. There was a punch thrown in the women's tournament, by the I think it was the women's NIT of, yeah. uh, at the handshake line for Memphis. Yeah. Somebody from Memphis punched a player in the face. Nobody talked about that. Nothing. No. <laughs> yeah. It's because 10 million people didn't watch it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then the other side of the argument was if you said anything that was like, eh, maybe it was like a little much of, uh, of angel at LSU to do that. And then it was like, you're, essentially the head clansman it's like you're not you're 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 a you're a, a segregationist you're a dixiecrat because you think that maybe she shouldn't have walked around her behind the you know and pointed at her ring finger it's like yeah you know we, we just lost all the nuance in the conversation at this point haven't we i i mean if she had gotten out a ring and pointed at it i, I don't care i know these are these are nineteen year old girls, and I just want a lot of money. <laughs> they can do whatever they want. To. Yeah, why didn't anybody mention that in Barbara's story? She can story. pull out a gun on the floor. It doesn't matter to me. Let them do whatever they want to. You talk about like how soft basketball is now, and you're like, ah, oh, the Lambeers and the Mahorns, yeah, and the Pistons. Uh. But then you get mad when a girl points at her finger. Like, get, get a life. Yeah, that is true. That is definitely hypocrisy that I am. Uh, you talk about how everybody's a snowflake and you're upset because a 19-year-old girl with fake eyelashes <laughs> celebrated <laughs> being good to a person that has only talked shit, yeah. waving people off. She's shooting it from half court, which in women's is only like 20 feet. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm she definitely was the guilty of shit talk. Yeah, I'm guilty of that hypocrisy because I'm like, you know, Rick Mahorn is diving at people's <laughs> knees, and these guys are getting, you know, <laughs> intentional fouls for, you know, uh, unintentionally grazing an earlobe. Uh, yeah, and then I, I also thought that was a little over the line. Not that I was like offended, just I thought it was like, yeah, that's you wouldn't have done that. Yeah, I was like, I just think it looks bad. You know, I was like, I yeah. think it's shitty. But it's also, you know, I'm like uh, an old dad. And I just picture like my own kids getting yelled at them. It's like, my kids are never going to play in front of 10 million people. So I don't know why I care. 
Well, I think it was it was a good move for the team as a whole because it got the heat off of Kim Mulkey. People were going to, you know, yell at her about storming the Capitol mm-hmm. and shooting, yeah. blowing up her Bud Light with dynamite <laughs> and locking Brittany Griner in Russian prison forever. Yeah. Kim did all those uh-huh, things. Uh-huh, yeah. MAGA Kim, that storyline went away real fast. Yeah, so Angel taking one for the team, yeah. and we got two more years. The funniest part by a mile is that jill biden got involved that was i felt like the story reached its peak (laughs) and it was over don imus's skeleton crawled back into his grave so he couldn't say anything horrible and then fucking jill biden is like let's bring them all together (laughs) because if there's anything that in politics right now that everybody can agree on it's unity and it's especially uh I love that Angel Reese dude came out by herself, be like, "No, we're not going." <laughs> and everyone else was like, "What are you talking about?" Yes, we're going. It's like, nope, nope, we're not going. I said it. It's like, fuck that bitch. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it was like, all right, like this was. I don't think it was Jill Biden saying like, "I want the other team there too." I think this was a wife accidentally saying too much and inviting somebody over for dinner. <laughs> Like, she had a white wine spritzer, and she just kept talking, and then the next night, you have an extra person at the dinner table you don't want. Oh, God. It was just, like, the story that never ends. I think we finally hit the end of it, like, six days after the game. The men's national championship did not exist. No. Who cares? All anyone talked about was the, the celebration in the last 10 seconds of the women's national championship. In a million years, I never could have seen that coming. No, I couldn't have either. But I, I just didn't care about the men's tournament this year. Yeah, I watched a lot of it, and then, but I turned off that Connecticut game and ten minutes in. Yeah, I think San Diego State went two full commercial breaks between making a basket, and I was like, if it goes to commercial again and they haven't scored, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> and then, sure enough, it happened. I was like, all right, I'm turning this off. It would have been funny for San Diego State to win. Sure. Apparently, all their fans were super cool. Every time they showed the crowd, they had the tannest fan base I've ever seen. I bet. It was like, that's awesome. (laughs) Everybody looks so tan and rad. And then they show the UConn fans. They look exactly how you'd expect. Yep. Like me. (laughs) (laughs) Did San Diego State get an invite to the White House? No. I don't think so. God, no. Yeah. I mean, has that ever happened where they invited the team that lost? Of course not. Yeah. I mean, that just never <laughs> happened. Maybe like a silver medalist in the Olympics. That would be the closest. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't think there's a comparable. I also don't think it was a formal invite. I think she was just yeah. somebody from Good Morning America stuck a microphone in her face. She's like, it would just be nice if everybody could show up. <laughs> we were all friends. Maybe they'll do the Trump thing and give them all Big Macs and Chick-fil-A. <laughs> They they could because LSU was uh, working the drive through at uh, Raisin Cane's, the original Raisin Cane's in Baton Rouge today. Um, the monument of Baton Rouge, yes. Yeah. Uh, so once again, uh, my history intertwined with Kim Mulkey's. Yes. I, too, I worked at Raisin Cane's for four days. Was, they worked there for one. It was the hardest job I've ever had in my life. If you're worried about like your food, I'm sure this does not apply to New Orleans at all. I'm sure it sucks and it's filthy in New Orleans. 
But it was the cleanest restaurant I've ever seen, I've ever been to, I've ever worked in. It was insane. Were you in the kitchen or uh, in the front? I was a toast man. Ooh. But I was close enough to the window to where, like, I'm a pretty lady walking down the street. They would tell me to smile. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just a fucking toast guy. You think they're going to come in because yeah. I smiled? <laughs> also, I don't want to smile. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm currently making toast for eight consecutive <laughs> hours in this raisin games. Yeah, I uh, called in. Uh, I called in in that job. I was like, "Hey, I'm not coming in today, or ever again." <laughs> that was what I said, and I was very proud of myself. It turns out I don't need money that badly. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather eat out of a dumpster than continue to work here. Uh, speaking of eating out of a dumpster, I'm sure he's done it before. Uh, <laughs> Zion Williamson, uh, the the latest update. Is exactly what we thought it'd be. Uh, I'm going to take a guess. I'm not on Twitter. Uh, I mean, I am on Twitter. Follow Polk and Kush. I haven't looked at it today. I haven't watched the news. I'm going to say pro- progress as expected, maybe better than expected. Two to three weeks reevaluation. Uh, you got part of it. Okay. After further evaluation, it has been determined that Zion Williamson will continue his rehabilitation and conditioning regimen. We will continue to monitor his progression and updates will be provided as warranted. That's a nice little F you at the end of it, too. The as warranted. As it's like, warranted. You don't deserve to know. Why are you even prying? Why are you asking us about this man playing basketball? We will decide when he gets to play. Uh they said for two days an update was coming. They had, you know, everybody in the media kind of was kept alluding to that an update was coming. They wait until like 5.30 on that second day. Uh, everyone's all day holding their breath. The ardent Pelicans fans were, you know, butt clenched. And then the comes out with saying, essentially, they said no comment. And. That's just insulting, if nothing else, to people who care, right? I remember about a week ago, people were celebrating that Zion would be playing this Wednesday or Friday, I yeah. believe, was the uh, self-diagnosed reevaluation. evaluation <laughs> uh, That's not going to happen. Zion is not going to play this season. Um, really, I would say next season is also <laughs> questionable. And then I think there's one more season after that. I think after... The next two seasons after this one, we're going to see a lot of Zion, and he is going to look great <laughs> in orange and blue. I will say from my limited discussions with people, it does sound similar to last year where it's like Zion thinks he's ready to play. The Pelicans don't think he's ready to play. That has not been reported anywhere, and it's really just you know the, the little birdies that I talk to, which are not good enough to claim his sources and report at this point, but just to say it out loud on this podcast, like that is the takeaway that I have been given. Uh, And if that's the case, that's impossibly infuriating because what is the worst thing that can happen from letting him play? He's going to get hurt. He's already hurt. He's going to get hurt next year, too. There's nothing you can do to prevent him from getting hurt. You've proven that in four years. There is nothing you can do to stop this guy from missing a significant amount of time. So if he wants to play, let him play. What is the point of sitting him out for 
conditioning or because you're worried about re-injury. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. If he feels like he can play basketball for 10 minutes, it can totally change the trajectory of this team. And these games are important. Your window is not as big as you thought it was because these guys are not as good as you thought they were uh, without him. And he's Zion. He's not. He's a unique character and force in this league. Allow him to play at a level of conditioning that you might not have let anybody else play at because he's a big fat guy playing basketball and he's killing everybody. Even when he's in shape, he looks the exact same. Like, did you notice a giant difference in production from in shape Zion versus big fat Zion? There's no difference. He's a freak. He's incredible. He's an amazing amazing athlete and that it doesn't really make any difference what kind of conditioning he's in as to how good he plays on the court with the ball in his hands. The time on the Zion experiment is ticking down. Yes. There is not going to be Zion in New Orleans for a lot longer. I think you can kind of definitively say that if this is the pattern of behavior and it's not just the kind of similar to what happened last season. It's exactly what happened last season, even down to the details of him doing windmill dunks on Twitter. Yeah, in an effort to be like, hey, guys, I can play. And the team saying that he can't. That was clearly an attack against the team last year. He hasn't done that yet, to be fair. He has dunked at practice, which made it on Twitter. Mm -hmm. He's not reposted it on his social media. Yeah, but... Of course, it's going to happen when you are the the biggest question mark in the last five years of NBA. Yeah. yeah. They're not going to have a Zion to protect anymore. So you need to just put him out there and see what happens. He doesn't have to play 40 minutes a no. game. Five other guys have to play 40 minutes a game. Sure. But he can go out there for 10 minutes and at least give something to the team, some energy, some hope for the fans. Come on. He's just wasting away on the bench for nothing. And yeah. at this point, the future is not there. No. What, the, what, what future is there? Does anyone in their right mind think that he's going to play the whole season next year? No. What's the worst case scenario? That he comes out, he hurts the hamstring worse, and then he misses the first four or five months of next season, that'd be great. That means he'd be back for the last month <laughs> of next season, and that's the most important month. Because if I'm the Pelicans at this point, I'd be like, all right, we're going to build his entire conditioning so that he starts playing at the All-Star break. Yeah. Because there's no way he's ever going to play a whole season. We've seen enough. He's just like That's just not who he is. And I'm okay with that. I just think we embrace the reality. He's amazing when he plays. I love watching him play. I really have learned to love him. I think he loves basketball. He's such a great competitor, and he is he has a very odd personality on the microphone, but he plays with a joy and a fearlessness and like he he looks different than everyone. He plays different than everyone. Like he is a genuinely uh he's a star he's someone who you come to see and instead we're talking about two and a half months for a hamstring injury we're talking about missing a whole season last year for some mysterious foot injury it's like i i don't know where you go from here that there's just feels like there's no 
end point in this. And the only way you're going to change is by just embracing how different he is as a player. And maybe it doesn't look like a traditional NBA star. Maybe he does play less often or he plays fewer minutes. Or he ha- just has you just have to accept that he's going to miss long stretches. And when he thinks he's ready to play, you let him play. He doesn't look the way he's supposed to, but that's okay. The pattern of behavior from the Pelicans organization regarding Zion is chiseled in stone. Yeah. We know it's going to happen. Yeah. Even like last season, you knew, but you wanted to give him a little a little benefit of the doubt because yeah. the team was fun and they were doing stuff they haven't done before. I mean, the the point of end for this team is going to be people just giving up. Mm-hmm. How many times can you do this to, and I'm speaking as a fan, I'm saying like, how many times are people just going to put up with the Pelicans doing this with Zion? Yeah. But also, how long is Zion going to put up with this? Because yeah. I think, I don't think it's a rumor. I don't think it's a subtle hint on social media. I think Zion wants to fucking play. Based on everything that we've ever heard from him, he is a guy who loves to play basketball. And there are people currently saying that Zion wants to play. Not yeah. not goobers on Twitter, but yeah. like people that actually know Zion, people that are close to him, uh, people that I think you could trust for that statement. Yeah, and it is uh, a highly frustrating situation. <clears throat> and look, if it is Zion who doesn't want to play, you obviously can't force him to go out there. And that's what it is. I just can't imagine that is currently the situation after as long as he's been out and is and and the history we know with him, uh, he wasn't on the bench uh, in the Memphis game. Uh, apparently, he showed up at halftime last night, uh, and I don't know. It just feels like that is also a telling situation where it's like, yeah, this guy's not happy with where they're at. He looks disconnected uh, when he's out there, and I don't blame him if that's the case. Again, we don't have full information. We don't know exactly what's going on. Let's speculate wildly. But we're going to speculate wildly because we know the history of it. And, you know, we talked to a couple of people who might know things. And it's very, um, it, it, it just always feels like, what is the point? There's too it's many. Like, do we have, have we lost the thread of why you're doing this still? The yeah. Pelicans, like, what is the what is ultimately the end game? That he's going to be a guy who's in perfect shape and plays 75 games a season? That's just like a completely unrealistic expectation to have. And what's what's really disappointing in all of this is knowing exactly how the Pelicans will react to it. They will stick their heads in the ground. Yeah. They will not say any, I mean, even in that tweet saying when it's warranted, D- David, Dave, Griff is becoming David Blaine. Yeah. And he's, yeah. he's putting on <laughs> the magic costume right now. He's yeah. not going to... It's going to be somebody else's fault. It's going to be not what everyone is saying. Mm-hmm. Somehow everyone in the world has gotten the situation wrong. Only people that are directly affiliated with Zion and are also the ones presently speaking are the yeah. ones that should be allowed to speak. It's just bullshit theater. Yeah. And there's such a, uh, a distinct lack of clarity that it really opens itself up to this kind of speculation and this kind of... Uh, wishy-washy mentality over the whole thing because they could be 
fairly upfront at least and tell people what's going on throughout this process. Instead, every couple of weeks is an impossibly vague statement. Uh, and, or, you know, like, oh, and then he's going to progress to this and then he's going to progress to this and then he'll play. And it's like, and then it just doesn't happen. It's and, like, oh, he's going to practice on this day. Didn't practice. Going to be back on this day. Had a setback. It's like nothing ever goes to plan. So I understand why you don't want to announce a plan. But if you told people exactly what was going on and it wasn't always this kind of shrouded in subterfuge and just trust us, we know what we're doing. Just trust us. And it, if you're trying to hold Zion accountable, hold him accountable in public. If you're trying to protect Zion, then say that too. Yeah, you can say that. Yeah, like that the, would make people feel a lot better. Yeah. He, and then there won't be a story three months from now where Zion comes out talking about how depressed he is. I know. I know. And that's you, all part of it. Are there other basketball superstars? that publicly come out and talk about how depressed they are as a d direct result of the organization they're playing for. Yeah. The, I've heard guys like with mental health problems, but very rarely they blame it like directly on their injury situation, like right. directly on their basketball situation. It's mostly like, you know, like part of their DNA. And yeah, Zion, it doesn't feel like Zion is a kid who has like a lot of depression in his life. And yet, or he had never spoken about it in any other way. And yet he talked about last season being such a difficult time. And I think that was a large part because of it. I'm not blaming the team necessarily for it, but the whole situation was just bad. And it's like to be back in that, in that spot after, especially after the start they had just feels so disgusting. And especially they won eight of 10 games. And this is what we're talking about again. Right. And it's like because this is the only topic that anyone really cares about. It's just such a roller coaster because everybody's back on board right now and thinking that that could be uh, just a really nice bow on the season. Yeah. After two months of just, just November to December, we're just dog shit. And right now it's fine. Yeah. And that could have been really cool. And it's not going to happen. And it's never going to happen. Yeah, and, and that I, I think that's the realization that is kind of starting to wash over people, which is like, stop putting timelines on it and do what Polk and Kush has told you to do since the day he got hurt, which is don't believe he's going to play until he's standing in a uniform on the court holding a basketball. Holding a basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and the buzzer sounds. And the buzzer has sounded <laughs> until that exact moment. Do not believe that he is going to play. And that is unfortunate. I wish that wasn't the case. Uh, but, and, and look, from the messaging standpoint, I don't think you can blame the PR department. I don't think you can necessarily only blame Griff. I don't think you can only blame Zion. There is a combination, or ownership for that matter. There is a combination of everybody is kind of trying to please someone else and everyone's trying to kind of thread a needle. And what we've ended up with is the final product is crap. The communication is mm -hmm. crap. It's not the PR team's fault the communication is crap. They are the one who ultimately has to put it out. Uh, and it's not just Griff's fault, but like it's as if everybody came together with an, an idea that probably all made sense and then each got neutered into this ridiculous statement. Like, what is the point of sending that statement out other than to say, we don't care what you think? We don't even care. Like, we think we have you as long as we win a little bit. You're not going anywhere, so whatever. Here's some here's some table scraps that you can uh, chew on for a minute. Yeah, that was a that was definitely a PR statement by committee. Yeah, like everybody had something to say, and then it comes out and means nothing. Nothing.
And that's garbage. It's literally like today is a day. Tomorrow is also a day. And it it's just such a bad look because Willie was saying three days ago we're going to have a state. Like the head coach was saying there's going to be a statement on Zion yeah. tomorrow. Because he's tired of answering questions about it. He shouldn't be the one who has to answer questions about it. But guess what? Just like Alvin Gentry was the only guy to answer questions during the Anthony Davis thing. Willie Green is the only guy who has a microphone in his face, who is a spokesman of the organization, who has to answer questions every day. So he's got to be there fielding it. And that's probably the only reason they put out the statement is because he said they would. <laughs> and so now they're stuck in this position where they, they uh, essentially just slap their fans in the face. We'll see. Which, how the they, fan, which they do all the they time. They do all the time. And it's, at this point, if you're not insulted by how this team treats you, then you're either not paying attention or you will never be insulted. Yeah. And that's and that's probably the way to be. If you expect nothing of your pro sports organization from a communication standpoint, then I think that's probably the natural and smart way to go about your life. But for those who get invested in the team and those who care and those who sat on social media for two straight days waiting for an update, that was the exact opposite of what they wanted to And see. they are the ones that are the most punished by the Pelicans. They are the ones that are most vilified by the Pelicans, too. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, very uh, disappointing all around. And that'll we'll stop the Zion stuff there because there is a lot to talk about with this team, even without Zion. Look, they've won 8 out of 10 games. It doesn't feel like they're the hottest team in the NBA, but they are. Uh, they're the only team, I believe, that has won 8 of their last 10. This is going into uh, Thursday night. I don't know exactly what to make of all of it. They lo- they beat a bunch of bad teams: Charlotte, Houston, San Antonio, Portland. They beat some, and, but they also beat the Clippers twice, and then they beat a you know not full strength uh, Grizzlies team last night. It kind of snatched a uh, victory from the jaws of defeat after almost doing the opposite. <laughs> uh, so they're in good shape. They've clinched the play in spot, but they still don't feel like a team that's going to do much right now when you watch them. Yeah, I think the do much factor, we just talked into the ground. But the the Pelicans have been trending the right direction. They've been fun. I think a lot of the fundamental problems with rotations and a lot of questionable decisions coming from Willie are still there. Mm -hmm. But the fact is the Pelicans are at least winning these games now. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, Last night was... You know, the Pelicans were down by, I think, 15 at one point for them to come back. Win with an asterisk next to it. It was a disappointing win because what were they? They were up seven with 11 seconds to go. Fouled on a three. It was was a bizarre sequence that could only happen to the Pelicans. Yeah. And it was really gut-wrenching. Like, I was pissed off watching (laughs) overtime last night. Yeah. I'm of course I'm very happy that they won, but Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it is. It makes it very uh, made it challenging to feel too optimistic after the game, even though they did had an incredible fourth quarter up until that point, and they played fantastic in overtime. Trey Murphy really seems like he's coming into his own in so many ways. He is. Uh, become a much better player in a shorter amount of time than I ever expected from him. And Herb Jones scored almost 30 points last night. He did score 30 points yeah, last night. which is crazy. Yeah, he was great. And, and Trey Murphy is coming to his own simply by shooting more. Yeah. That's which, all he needed to do. And teams, especially the Kings, decided they were going to start double and triple teaming Brandon Ingram 
It'd be like, any, can anybody else on the court beat us? Because C.J. McCollum is either slumping or he stinks, and I haven't decided which one it is yet. Uh, can anybody else beat us besides Brandon Ingram? And last night, Trey Murphy and Herb Jones were the ones who took that challenge. And unlike against Sacramento, they stepped up, rose to the occasion, and played great when they really needed it. Uh, and that's a really good sign. But I don't know if those guys are capable of that kind of game consistently, and especially against a postseason defense. Uh, that is a, a very different challenge. I would say that Sacramento was, in the last 10 games, Sacramento was probably the best team. They've played better teams but they were all with an asterisk next to it. Yeah, Morant Den- didn't play. Yeah. Jokic didn't play. Yeah. Sacramento was a full-strength team, and they were playing like they were, and they shellacked the Pelicans. Yes. Um, shots weren't going in that game. You're going to have nights like that, but I, I, I think Trey getting better and you know seeing something from Herb on, the, on offense was just a little refreshing. It yeah. was nice to see. <laughs> Remember how long? It felt like he went two and a half months without making an open three-point. Right. There was like a series of like six straight games where he airballed a three, like an open three. And it's like he just looked like he was in a different world for a long time. He was in the wilderness. And now if he can be an offensive weapon, and you're not saying 30 points tonight, that's crazy. But if he can score 10 or 15 consistently as they're surrounding Brandon Ingram, each and every possession he's got the ball, I think that is a huge improvement for this team especially if they're not going to have zion back which again zion does not exist uh so looking at this roster the way it is unless cj mccollum suddenly comes to life uh which i'm not expecting i think he's probably injured at this point um they're going to need those two guys really badly. And that was a good blueprint of it against Memphis. Yeah, and it, it was reminiscent of last season around this time seeing Larry Nance come to life. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see a big man that can move <laughs> even <laughs> slightly quickly, even at all, a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- so they oh, that free throw that uh, Jaron Jackson got the – the foul called, which allowed him to tie the game, them blowing a six-point lead in the last five mm-hmm. seconds of the game. The Pelicans lined up wrong, right? Like Look Jonas Valanciunas should have definitely been matched up with Jaron Jackson, right? You would think so. That's like a fundamental. What are you doing? That's something. The first time you play a real game of basketball, <laughs> I feel like. Knowing who you pair up with at the free throw line would be <laughs> ingrained in you. Maybe uh, they were going for something. I don't know. Brandon Ingram called for an offensive foul. There was like, ah, oh, that was just like I felt like I was seeing scanners. I was like, I don't, I don't really understand how this has just occurred as quickly as it did. Uh, but you know, I, the fact they won in overtime was honestly shocking, uh, and that's a good sign that they you know can regroup after that. Uh, I think they said it was the first time the Pelicans have won a game where they were down 15 all season. They were the last wow. team in the NBA to wow. do that. It's because they don't shoot threes. Right. But they did that night. Uh, as they go into the play. Because they watch the LSU women <laughs> exactly. win the national championship doing it. Uh, as you go into the play-in, it is uh, pretty clear it's going to either be, one. I think, one of the Los Angeles teams, right? Either the Lakers or the Clippers or the Warriors, so one of the California teams. Uh, and then 
Dallas and Oklahoma City are fighting for the 10. Minnesota and New Orleans are kind of right there, 8-9. There's a, a, still a lot to be decided in these final two games. Uh, the Knicks on Friday night, the Timberwolves on Saturday or Sunday? I think it's Sunday. Is it Sunday? The, the finale in Minnesota. Um, there's a lot to play for. And as much as the Zion news is a bummer, it is a very interesting time still to follow this team who is technically red hot right now, even though it doesn't always look like it. And I don't know. I just feel like it's never been a weirder time to follow a professional basketball team. Yeah. It, I don't know if there are too many people hopping on board the Pelican right? bandwagon right now. There was a coming l- back. I, I but it seems like the crowds at the home games are, are largely unaffected. The upper deck against the Kings was empty. Like three bucks a ticket in the in, uh, in the upper levels, it was empty in the in the baselines, I should say. Uh, I don't know. Wednesday, I was a good Jew and had a seder, so I did not go to that game. Oh, but I think the, the prices are relatively high for the Knicks game for the finale uh, regular season, and I mean, I think they'll you know if they have a home play and they'll fill it up, right? Oh, absolutely. So it, uh, there's no question, Zion or no. They're going to fill it up for a play-in, you would think so. And, and are we going to see Jose playoffs, this season? I, that I think is is <laughs> gone as well. I know they don't even bother with that. The best is as everyone's waiting, like with bated breath, and it's just nothing but memes of Stanley asleep at his desk at the you know, and and <laughs> from the office. Uh, and then they release at like four o'clock that they waved Sebron, uh, like the last man on the two-way contract, <laughs> and they waved him, and everyone was like, "Ah, just give." was the Zion news. <laughs> so credit to the Pelicans for that. That was the funniest thing I saw all day today. <laughs> that and Christian Clark calling out some dude for his flag football championships on Twitter. I enjoyed that as well. Oh, I got to hop on there and it check was, it out. It was a good day on there. Um, so anyway, we'll take a quick break. We got a little word from our sponsor, and then we'll get into some local news. Stick around. We'll be right back. Polk and Polk and Kush is brought to you by Crescent Canna, our favorite New Orleans cannabis company. We're huge fans of their new Crescent 9 THC seltzer made with 6 milligrams of Delta 9 THC, 3 milligrams of CBD, and a splash of caffeine. This THC seltzer provides an uplifting and euphoric psychoactive experience because it contains hemp-derived cannabinoids and meets federal THC regulations and is registered with the Louisiana Department of Health. Crescent 9 THC seltzer, it's completely legal. So adults in New Orleans can purchase it without a medical card or prescription. That's the good stuff. You can even enjoy the bars with fast-acting effects that hit in 15 to 30 minutes. Crescent 9 THC Seltzer makes an excellent alcohol alternative. Enjoy an elevated, intoxicating experience without any hangover. Try it at your favorite bars and clubs across Louisiana, including awesome places like Tipitina's, 12 Mile Limit, The Broad Theater, Friendly Bar, Big Daddy's, Cajun's Pub, Another bar, 504 Craft Beer Reserve, Santos, The Saint, Sydney Saloon, Bamboola's, Fred's and Tigerland, and the list keeps growing every single day. Fast acting effects within 15 to 30 minutes. That's perfect. I 15 to 30 minutes is my limit for being in a bar. <laughs> so that really works out well for me. Good Lord. If I if they had if they had Crescent Nine at the Saint back when I went to the Saints, ah yes, man, I would have become a golden god. 
It's a. Uh, a if I was still allowed there, I would go back <laughs> and have a few. If you didn't look like Steve Buscemi, you know, in the in the back of the, oh, <laughs> the, yeah. the bar with the leather jacket on, yeah. Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> is everyone enjoying their seltzers? Um, yeah, man, it is a great product. Just a, a a genius thing that these people at Crescent Canna have come up with. Uh, I just can't imagine that you're going to have a bad time drinking these. No, you're not. And they have it at they have it at the Broad Theater. So you can go see you're going to have you've got your kids for uh-huh. like 3 weeks on spring break. <laughs> That's right. You can take them to the Broad Theater. Uh-huh. You can watch Mario Brothers twice. <laughs> and you're not going to get lost in the plot. You're going to feel great. <laughs> They will have eaten, you know, like six mountains of popcorn and be like, great. Yeah, go for Bring it. Bring some more. Get a refill. Keep going, baby. And I'm getting a refill, too. Yeah. Crescent 9. Delta. Um, fantastic stuff. We are very excited that they are a sponsor. You must be 21 year older to purchase or consume THC products. Consult with your doctor before using any cannabis product if you have a medical condition or are taking medication. I did consult with my doctor. What did he say? He said, I, I should be ripped 24 <laughs> 7. His name was Dr. Awesome. <laughs> doctor, feel good. He diagnosed me as a radical. <laughs> that is a sponsor. And on that note, we will take a pivot to your favorite segment. A little bit of local roundup. It is You put pass in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> okay, so I think it was uh, a slow week in New Orleans. Yeah? If I had to guess, I would say it's a slow week. I only saw all the car chases are in Jefferson Parish now because mm-hmm. they yes. chase them out of Orleans, <laughs> and it usually ends swiftly in Jefferson Parish, so... I feel like crime as a whole has kind of stopped in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, largely because I no longer pay attention to it. <laughs> it is the one thing you can do to prevent crime in New Orleans is if you want to feel better about it, just stop reading about it or, or watching anything or strap a bomb to your body <laughs> anytime you go out. And if anyone even looks at you funny... <laughs> These are road Pull players. Cord. <laughs> it's uh yeah, hard to say it's getting better, but I feel like we're it's at least getting normal. It's not getting better. I'm getting better. Yeah. I'm becoming more detached <laughs> you can only, from reality. You can only control you. That's I that's what it says right there on the Crescent Nine can. <laughs> uh but I'm lucky to have mostly avoided crime uh, in New Orleans. There was one. There was one show where I had to call nine one one with you. Yeah, that was fun. There was a, a man. <laughs> I don't mean to misgender any criminals out there. There was a man uh, wailing and beating on vehicles. And I cowered behind you as I called 911. <laughs> and they answered. And they were furious that I called them. <clears throat> but 
New Orleans 911 agencies have a reason to celebrate, right? It looks like they're spending a lot of money. <laughs> yes, that appears to be the truth. Now, what is what is the gist of this story here? It says, New Orleans 911 agency flagged for credit card misuse. This is from an audit from the Inspector General. Yes. Uh, New Orleans Inspector General finds that they are uh, violating policies and laws regarding the department's credit card use. Yeah, it appears they spent $825,000 between parties gifts and gift cards over the last three years and why wouldn't you throw a party sometimes you answer the phone when people call 911 this is for the people that answer the phones at 911 they're having round the clock <laughs> rave eight hundred sixty five thousand dollars in two years for nine one one, where are they partying? I, I don't, don't see them anywhere. <laughs> Neither does anybody else. I guess so. When you are ca- when you are being murdered and you call nine one one, and they play like Paul Anka or some jingle on there, and like please hold. I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. And they are do they're at the Saint, uh huh, doing poppers with John Waters. <laughs> What are, how does this money get why does 911 have a credit card yeah I don't know any I, it's how did it take this long to figure it out because everybody was partying the whole time <laughs> well once they stopped answering the phones at 911 shouldn't we have been like I wonder what they're doing all day and it's like yeah oh they're buying uh, $10,000 gift cards and going and having the, the greatest day of Dave and Busters in history every other week <laughs> The gift cards, there's so much money spent on gift cards for employees. I, I got a gift card at work once. It was for $5 <laughs> for French truck coffee. Paid for half a coffee. Where, <laughs> where is the money going? Why does 911 have a credit card? What are they buying? Yeah. Phones. Like, when you are headsets. watching like... Law and Order, and they show the 911 operator, they're always in a seedy dungeon, <laughs> and there's like a uh, vending machine in the corner that has Fritos and menthol cigarettes in it. There's no... What do they have down here? They have guys fanning them with with big palm leaves and feeding them grapes? What the hell is going on, and how... See, th- whenever they bit, they're like, "Oh, we don't have any nine one one operators because uh, they, they only make uh, th- we pay them eight dollars an hour." It's like, "Well, yeah, they get eight dollars an hour and forty seven hundred dollars in Bed Bath and Beyond gift cards every week." I don't feel. I I did feel bad. I was like, "Oh, that's why nobody answers because they don't get paid anything." These guys are having a rave at Fogo to Chow. Eight hundred sixty five thousand dollars is bananas how many there can there be they don't answer the phone how do they how do they get like did somebody call 911 they're like hey I, th- these guys at 911 are stealing a bunch of money and everyone's like up oh, hang up on you <laughs> <laughs> the other line got disconnected yeah, they got the we're not gonna tell anybody <laughs> this is 912 <laughs> well i'm sure that'll get resolved quickly. Yeah, i'm sure they'll get the money back real soon <laughs> I'm sure. And then nine, hire a bunch of competent people in their place. 911 is fully funded by taxpayers, right? Uh, who else would fund I it? I think it's like on bills. 
Yeah. Like a 911 fee and stuff. I'm confident no one else is paying for it but taxpayers. Well, I'm going to get arrested tomorrow because I called 911 that time, so they have my info. (laughs) They're going to come get me for my uh, fake license plate that says who farted. Um, But, you know, crime is down. (laughs) The NOPD is saying that crime is down which is largely due to there being no cops so people can't report the crimes. Yeah. That seems to be the case. It's a great scheme if you can do it. Um, This is from uh, WWL. The NOPD task force has contentious meeting with city council. Every meeting with city council is contentious because city council is always like, hey, what the fuck? And then then somebody else has to be like, yeah, I I don't know. He's like, yeah, there's a lot of criminals who live here, guys. I don't, it's not our fault. Four months after uh, Latoya created the Violent Crime Reduction Task Force. That sounds like a Trump name. Yes. Yeah, he would just name stuff like the big boy spaceship. <laughs> the Violent Crime Reduction Task Force. The city council asked for an update on the task force pro- progress. Uh, the chairman of the task force, Tyrell Morris, presented the council with updates on the group's initiatives, which were... Join up with the 911 operators. <laughs> Dual party. See if they have some ketamine. <laughs> Drive around in golf carts. Look, I, uh, JP Morrill said the data that the uh, crime unit used isn't accurate and shows a skewed picture of reality. What I dislike vehemently is when they try to have a political rosy picture without the caveat, the picture might not be as rosy as people think. These There's too many big words for this article. <laughs> Violent crime, as we understand it, has not necessarily gone down substantially. It's just that you don't have a lot of people that are willing to wait. This is true. I mean, you can go on any New Orleans message board, Reddit, uh, tiger droppings. Everyone that is involved in a crime on next door also, they're just like, I waited for eight hours and I was robbed again. Yes. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. no one <laughs> ever showed up. It never. It's like I got robbed while I was standing out there. <laughs> they took my wallet and somebody else came by and took my phone. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it, it is a, uh, I mean, ob- obviously that's going to happen, right? Like, and then to take a victory lot for that is just, the peak of hypocrisy or not even hypocrisy just balls like the, the absolute stones you have to have to stand in front of the city council and be like crime's down 25 percent. yeah we got reported crime here and it's like uh, i don't think you guys are exactly understanding how the where the numbers come from yeah it's like it, it, it is uh it's like when they were reporting fewer crimes during covid and it's like yeah that's because no one's outside. No one's here. They're yeah. all terrified of dying from COVID, so they're not <laughs> robbing people in the streets. It's like I, it's really not because of what the cops are doing. It's really more of you know a issue around it. And this is the exact opposite, where it's like, yeah, of course there's going to be fewer reported crimes. You're not there to take the report. Yeah, and it's you know it goes beyond just like a silly headline that we can make fun of, and I can say like, "Oh, crime's down" because I'm not paying attention to it. But some people do pay attention to this, and they yeah. go, "Oh, crime's down." Yeah. So 
Looks like I'll take the kids for a walk over to Melba's. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take my name off that recall list. She's doing a heck of a job. Erase Donald Duck right <laughs> off of it. Uh, <laughs> it is also amazing that that just ended. The recall ended and then it's just like nobody said a word about it. Yeah, like we we really haven't said anything about LaToya. I haven't seen her doing the worm on the news. <laughs> She hasn't made a quarter disappear behind a police officer's ear. She She's doing what she's supposed to do right now, which is laying low. Yeah, taking that credit card from 911. <laughs> <laughs> That's who's been throwing the parties. I'm sure, like, you put a million dollars. Let's just go ahead and round it up to a million. You put a million dollars on a 911 credit card. I bet they're getting some miles out of that. <laughs> Somebody's using them. Is that a sweet upgrade? Uh, is that worth that much? Can you can you bring your police officer pal alongside? Oh my god! What a uh, the yeah, JP Morrell of all people being like this is politically motivated. It's like yeah, it's politics. You're in front of the city council. <laughs> you're all going to pretend like your district is doing better when you run for reelection. They're doing the same thing to you. It's politics. Man, sometimes you just want to leave the rat race <laughs> all the time. I'm just like, how can I get out of this? And it seems that one group of people have figured it out. Unmarried men under 40, mm -hmm. I'm listening, who love video games are leaving the workforce in droves. Yeah. According to this Adam Daigle. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just said his name like a dick for no reason this growing number of people who have withdrawn from the u.s workforce is made up mostly of unmarried men under the age of 40 who spend about seven hours a day playing video games that's awesome that rules that's the american dream that really is we're still technically under 40 I'm under 40 by about two years around. Yeah. Same, same Z's. Legally not married. <laughs> Just start playing seven hours of video games. I feel like you'll pretty much be out of the workforce. I think I'm at about like 20 minutes a day. So I'm going to have to really up my game. If you want to quit your job, you got to do that. I guess seven the, hours is a lot of time to play video games. Well, if you're not working, it's not that <laughs> it's much. Not time. Quite as much. Yes. I don't know what these guys are. It says that they live with a partner. That's surprising. That they have one. The partner may be holographic. It may be a <laughs> pillow. Did you ever used to watch Teen Mom on MTV? Yeah, my wife always loved. That's it. how you guys met. Yeah. Right? <laughs> She, she loved the teen mom. What was that? And then there was one that was like the prelude 16 and pregnant. Yeah. It was that. And then, and so almost always it was pregnant woman, you know, didn't want to get pregnant, had the baby, became uh, a mom, then starts working. And then meanwhile, the, uh, the dad of the group is uh, just playing video games at home and smoking weed all day. And yeah. the mom's like, why don't you watch the baby? He's like, because ah, I got to play this game. And, and then they're like, why don't you get a job? It's like, because I got to play this game. And the 
woman never leaves him and it's the saddest thing in the world and then it turns out that happens more than just to people on MTV apparently so but I know now you can have a career playing video games there's billboards to go to Nichols State to be an <laughs> esports player yeah that's the dream that's like when you're the going to the rec center and, and saying that you're going to go to the NBA <laughs> this is it is so good that that career did not exist when I was 15 yeah because I would have just gone, yeah, I'll just play video games for a living. Yeah. And it was still pretty close to that decision being made. I'm really good. What am like, there was no, I could not get paid money for being good at Guitar Hero. Do you know how many Super Bowls I won in Madden? <laughs> I would be so good. Like, this is what's destroying society. Why wouldn't you just want to play video games for your job? You can go to college and play video games. These guys have the right idea, yeah. and I'd, I hope that they get that 911 credit card number. <laughs> there's all these like big thinkers, the Scott Galloway's out there. They're like, there's an attack on men in this country and masculinity and whatever, and it's like, no, the guys are stupid. Yeah. They play video games for seven hours. The the they attack like, is coming from inside the house. <laughs> exactly. It's like it seems like they're just punching themselves right in the you know like it, I don't I don't think this is a problem because of women. Women seem to be doing just fine for the most part. They just happen to have to be with horrible men if they want to be with any man. Yeah, the loser uh, man thing is happening solely because of loser men. Yes, you can still go buy an axe. <laughs> Chop down a tree, drink some Jägermeister, <laughs> slap your kids around. <laughs> Vote Republican. Yeah. There's all kinds of things you can do. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, you just don't watch Andrew Tate videos. I know. Exactly. But that, that was the, the big thing, right, was that this, the uh, everybody leaving the workforce was like older and they're retiring. And it's like, no, it's not really. It's just a lot of. Yeah loser guys who are just leeching off their girlfriends who are working, you know, their tits off for like 15 bucks an hour. Yeah. These ladies have to start only fans because this guy wants to play uh, Pokemon <laughs> Call of Duty. It's probably a more realistic oh, one there. God. And then lastly, it looks like you have a story from today. This is... You put together the stories this week, and this one links directly to your Twitter. I did. All right, yeah. let me unblock you and <laughs> see what you said. What is this? New Orleans leads the country in this. A $60,000 car, no license plate anywhere. I was behind on my way driving one of my kids to school on Canal and Broad. I was behind a pretty much brand new, at least no more than a year old, uh, Mercedes SUV not a license plate in sight. And then after I took that picture, I looked around that was at a red light. And then I looked around like four other cars did not have a license plate either. No one has a license plate anymore. Not anymore. And then I had like four people respond to that picture and be like, what are you? The feds? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know, man. It seems like a problem. If like the trend line in the city is that no one has a license plate anymore. That seems problematic. That doesn't seem like where we want to be going. Yeah, I mean, no, nobody has one. There was like an Instagram account for a while, and I think I was the only person submitting pictures to it, but it was still like hundreds a day of people without them. And then I realized that I'm driving as bad as the cars without license plate because I'm taking pictures of all these lunatics around me. But at least if you get in a wreck, somebody might be able to find who you are. It's true. I have some bad news. You, you're calling this a $60,000 car. 
on Fox 8 earlier. We watched the news because we're a million years old. <laughs> uh, they said that like the the average price for a car now is $50,000. So this is probably an $80,000 oh car with no license well, plate. Well, at least they didn't have to pay the $80 registration fee or whatever it was. <laughs> Uh yeah, no one's got a license plate anymore. I, do you think it's because of the cameras? Do you think it's because they just assume the car will be stolen, I, I, or is it already stolen? Like, uh, why are there no license plate? And do you remember there was a time? I don't know if you were living here then. Fairly routinely, there were a couple of places where they would check brake tags. Yeah, that was like a pretty common thing. Like there would just be two cops stopped at a. a pretty popular intersection they would do that on rampart a lot yeah and they would do it like at river road pretty often yeah. it was often the state uh i haven't seen that in a decade they did uh they did a checkpoint somewhat recently i think it was by shamrock okay which i'm sure just everyone coming out of there was immediately arrested <laughs> But that was the first one I'd heard of in months. And it was, I think, the first one since COVID, honestly. Uh, I know people that remove their license plate. They have a license plate. They have registration. When they come into the quarter, they remove it so they can park at uh, uh, parking meters. Yeah. So they can park illegally. They put a piece of mail over the VIN number and... That works pretty well. They don't boot them? I've seen, not usually, I've seen people put business cards over a license plate in there so they can't get scanned. I mean, people (laughs) people are doing what I think a lot of it is crime. I think people are in a stolen vehicle that had plates on it and took it off and God knows what else. Whenever I see a temporary tag and it's like Dragula, it's like a... (laughs) It's like a Geo Metro from 1985. It has a gray door, a red roof, and a blue bumper, and then it's got a brand like you bought you bought this 39-year-old Geo Metro that is actively on fire. You bought this 2 days ago, and you have a paper license plate on it. I see a lot of workers. I see a lot of the white trucks with the Yes. The racks and shit. Yes. Those always have the fake license plate. Mm-hmm. Anytime I see a paper license plate, I presume it's fake. Yeah, I just it's written in crayon. And I bought a new car a couple of years ago, and I had the temporary license plate, and I felt like I was going to get pulled over, and they're like, yeah, it's fake, you're under arrest. <laughs> so I, like, rushed to get a real plate. Yeah, it is... Uh I don't think we're in a, a, a land anymore that cares about those kinds of things, so... No. Fantastic. Really uplifting episode all around. Uh, thanks, for everyone, for sticking with us. We love each and every one of you. Please email us, polkandcush at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at polkandcush. Uh, we will be back next week with more of your favorite podcast. See ya.